This is a Federal News Network podcast. Before the Trump administration issued its federal data strategy this past spring, the Bipartisan Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking listed the strategy goals in a report to the president and Congress. Catherine Abraham is a former commissioner of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, now the director of the Maryland Center for Economics and Policy. As the commission's former chair, and two years since the original report, she tells Federal News Network's Jory Heckman why Congress should revisit some of the group's recommendations and explains why she thinks federal statistical agencies are due for an overhaul. A lot of the data the federal statistical system produces comes from surveys. It's getting harder and harder to get households and businesses to provide answers to surveys. So part of what I think is driving the future of the federal statistical system is the imperative to develop new ways to produce data that users need. Part of what I think is the future of the federal statistical system is making more use of other kinds of data. Partly that's administrative data, data that the federal government already collects and holds for other purposes. Part of it's figuring out a way to make use of all of the other data that are out there that all of us see every day. A lot of what the future of the federal statistical system is going to involve is finding ways to use new types of data to produce meaningful information. Right. That's certainly a challenge. And then maybe if you could go into some detail of some of the opportunities that are also on the horizon. One of the things that's changing is the availability of an access to administrative data that the agencies have. Two years ago, roughly, the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking issued its final report. And a lot of the recommendations in the report had to do with improving access to data that the federal government already holds. And I I think with the passage of the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act that was signed into law earlier this year, we've laid the groundwork for some of that access. It seems to me that, you know, a lot of what the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act does is really kind of addressing some of the people problems or some of the people challenges. And by that, I mean the law requires agencies to name chief data officers, chief evaluation officers. And I think more broadly, OPM is looking at the job descriptions for data scientists and the people who in their day-to-day roles will be wrangling that kind of information. And so, What does a day-to-day look like for a CDO at a federal agency? In part, that remains to be determined. It's clear to me what the day-to-day role of a chief evaluation officer would be. We have models for that. We have departments that have had chief evaluation officers, and I think every department can benefit from figuring out what questions it would like to have answers to where evidence could help and laying out a research agenda to try to answer those questions. It's pretty clear what a chief evaluation officer is going to be doing. With the chief data officers, given that historically we haven't really thought of the data that the federal agencies hold as an asset that we need to curate and figure out how to use, one thing that I think is going to be helpful is having a chief data officer's council, a chance for these folks to get together and interact with each other as they're all figuring that out. This whole conversation is taking place with the two-year anniversary of the commission. It seems that a good majority of the recommendations by the commission were then translated into the Evidence Act, into the Open Government Data Act, and other pieces of legislation. But you know, are there any other big takeaways or any other big recommendations that the commission reached that looking back, you think 
oh, if only you know Congress would take this seriously or take another look at this? I think there's two things. One is the fact that in a number of important cases, there are laws that preclude the use of data that could potentially be really valuable for evidence-building purposes. And I'm thinking in particular of the, the laws around using tax data. The Census Bureau has access to tax data for its statistical purposes, but there's a lot of other potential statistical purposes, and I include evidence building in that, things where you're trying to generate information rather than look at any individual, where having access to those data could just be extraordinarily valuable. Looking at those legal barriers, thinking about removing some of them, I think is an important area. And then the other thing, which wasn't addressed in the initial legislation, was how institutionally the federal government is going to create the capacity to make data linkages, to drive the implementation of new privacy protection methodologies across the government and so on. The commission recommended something that we labeled the National Secure Data Service, and we sort of outlined the functions that we thought it could serve. That wasn't part of the initial legislation, and it makes sense that it wasn't because we had a broad vision, but we didn't really have details about how you do this. There will be a new FACA committee, an an expert advisory committee on data for evidence building that's to be stood up to make recommendations about this. And I hope that once those recommendations have been developed, that the Congress will act on them. Changing gears a little bit, I know another big talking point is striking that balance between open data and privacy. If you could go into a little bit more detail there, I think it'd be interesting to see the challenges and the opportunities there. As we are increasingly living in a data-rich world, there's more of a risk that information that the federal statistical system releases could get linked up with other information and conceivably reveal things about people that under a pledge of confidentiality shouldn't be revealed. So at the same time that we're making more use of administrative data and other data to put together richer and more reliable statistics, I think statistical agencies also have to be thinking about how they ensure that the information that they put out isn't inadvertently compromising people's confidentiality. Where there's new tools available to help us think about that, there's something called differential privacy, a way to formalize what the risks associated with any given data release are. It's just a way to think about that. Gives the agencies tools that they haven't had in the past to really be formal about this. And I think what that's likely to mean is on the one hand, statistical agencies in the past have commonly put out public use data files that contain individual level information from the surveys that they're doing or the other data collections that they're doing. The names and addresses and, and so on have been stripped out of those data files. I think what we're realizing is that we probably, in general, can't keep doing that. So I think that there's going to be less of that kind of information being released to the public. You know, information in the form of tables and so on that, that we've added a little bit of noise to to mask anything that might be informative about individual people. And then probably more work going on behind the firewall, bringing in researchers who have approved projects and have gone through 
the screening to make sure that they understand the importance of confidentiality and protecting the data. I think we're going to be moving towards a different model of generating information at the statistical agencies. Former Bureau of Labor Statistics Commissioner Catherine Abraham, now the director of the Maryland Center for Economics and Policy, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. <laughs> 